I've reached the point with this guy where I think if he is still there at 26th, I think it's more likely than not that the Titans take him. Welcome into the Titans 10 for Wednesday, April the 13th. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, a writer and broadcaster with Broadway Sports Media and the 440 Podcast Network. Joined, as always, by James Foster of No Flags Film on YouTube, Patreon, and Twitter. James, how are you? Doing great. Ready for uh, ready for the draft to get here. Getting, We're, we're reaching a point of take saturation. Um, are we, have we reached... That happens every year where it's just like there's only so many takes that are possible. And at a a certain point, mid-April, we run out of takes. But the media... I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're at the threshold The media business, I think we have been at the threshold. The media business uh, does not appreciate a lack of takes. And so... I'm I'm yet to go a day without seeing a new, wild, potentially really stupid take on the draft from like major well, you media can, personalities. You can, al- you can, you can alternate kind of change stuff around the edges, but at the core, they're all the same. Takes. At the end of the day, it's all the same thing. Well, we're getting pretty close relatively. I mean, the, the draft is less than three weeks from now. So buckle up. It's uh let's see on Thursday of this week, we will be two weeks away. I think. Yeah. Two weeks away uh, as of Thursday. So, it's, it's getting close, it's getting exciting. We're going to have, hopefully, episodes as often as possible, maybe even every day the next couple of weeks leading up to the draft. And then, of course, after the draft, we'll be re- reacting to it in great detail, going over what the Titans decided to do. Speaking of what the Titans may end up deciding to do in the draft, I saw, I, I just wanted to start the show with this. I said on Twitter that I would, and here we are, and I'm going to. You tweeted out uh, about eight hours ago, so earlier earlier today, a mock draft that you did on the PFF mock draft simulator. It was a pretty standard Titans mock draft that I think is correct me if I'm wrong, just a pretty decent reflection of an ideal draft for the Titans. In your mind, you have them trading back uh, to get a second and third and then getting your guy, George Pickens in the first and then Dylan Parham, Zach, Tom, Kate Otten. It was kind of like a, a very um, standard Titans Mock draft very, very culture, agreeable, very agreeable. Yes. mock draft. definitely super agreeable. Likes on that one. Um, yes, and it and it did well. However, agreeable um, is a relative term, and I know of at least one person that did not agree with it because Tyler at Tyler McCartan. We're gonna give him a shout out because this this is an all time response. His his reaction to your mock draft that was very run of the mill, nothing surprising in it really whatsoever. He said, your live-in care provider should be fired for allowing you to post this. How inept do you have to be to not project Tennessee to pick a QB, LOL, literally three pick, which is spelled uh, the number three, P-I-C, one word. Uh, Tana shit has taken us as far as he can and was literally the reason we lost every game outside of week one when team was new. And for those of you who um, can't see the tweet, not a single punctuation mark. Oh, uh, you know, all of that. <laughs> it was a single run on sentence. <laughs> uh, and there and there was there was some random um, capitalization in there as well. 
but he, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. He makes, yeah, I mean, some I, I love the energy. Points. I love the energy radiating from the tweet. First of all, once I got yeah. about a quarter of the way through, I was like, all right, this guy's on one. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me restart. Let me restart, put on a different mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, but firing out with the, you know, not even saying I should be fired, but insinuating that I have a live in care provider, <laughs> which is, which is really That's funny. That I mean, it's not yeah, even no, like it's, go cry to your mom. It's we're kind of I'm joking, assuming that it, you it have like a, fun a helper with you at all times. Yeah, but you know, that's uh, of all of the like negative tweets that you could get. I mean, that's one of the best ones. Like, I would say instead of just saying like uh, Tana, Tana choke sucks or whatever, like mm-hmm. come with something like that. Yeah, no, it was uh. It's a pretty electric tweet, so it doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about in today's episode. But it was really funny, and I wanted to point it out. What we are going to talk about in today's episode, as you could probably tell from the title, is small school players. We have gone through and handpicked a couple of relatively, well, it's kind of all over the board. Some of these guys are higher profile, um, and some of them are going to be second, third day picks, maybe even undrafted guys. But they're, they're people that I think it's fair to say, James, you see some potential in from smaller schools. And it's just a, a theme that we're going to be going through uh, uh, probably for the next couple of weeks up into the draft. We'll be doing these different themes as really an excuse to just go through and talk about as many prospects in this draft as we can. Is that right? Yeah, it's just a sort of um, kind of fresh way of framing the conversation as opposed to just top 10 lists, which you know every single podcast is doing top tens by position, you end up just sort of talking about the same guys. So this is kind of a, a, a way, you know, we've got some cool ideas for future episodes of just grouping guys up and down the draft board. Sometimes it'll be first round players. Sometimes it'll be like you said, guys day three or undrafted uh, just to kind of like, you know, give you a, a sampling and then maybe the Titans draft them in the sixth round. You're like, Oh, I remember them talking about that guy. Yeah, um, and, th- and that way I think listeners of this show are going to have a much better understanding of the draft in terms of their recognition of prospects, right? If you listen to those other, those other podcasts where it's just top 10 lists after day one and part of day two, you've run out of people that you're recognizing in the draft and you turn it off. But if you listen to this show, we will hopefully give you a, a variety across the board of the, the draft, the draft depth so that you can sit there on day three and in the sixth round, you're like, Hey, I know that guy. I heard, I heard a breakdown on that guy. Yeah. Um, and so before we get into it, I did have four honorable mentions that oh. we are not including just for specific um, for different reasons. Okay. Matt will let Matt will let's go is an offensive tackle out of North Dakota, not North Dakota state. Um, 36 inch arms, like crazy athletic build. Uh, I have not been able to get any film on him, so uh, I don't have a grade on him, but uh, I know uh, Mello, Justin Mello, who we're having mm-hmm. on tomorrow uh, is a fan of his. So yeah, I heard, I was listening to his podcast today and I remember him talking about that distinction between North Dakota end of sentence and North Dakota state, very right. different schools. Yeah. And then the other, um, another guy is Braxton Jones out of, uh, Southern Utah. Yeah. Southern Utah watched a couple games of his wasn't that impressed. He's got some good length though. Jason Poe is a crazy player. He's a center out of Mercer He's the best puller in the class. Um, like if you go and watch <laughs> what a specific thing to be watch good at. his his tape uh, against Alabama, like 
I, I don't even want to describe it because I'll be underselling it. So I know he's been, teams have been working out him out as like a fullback. So he's a really interesting player that uh, some interesting. team wanted to get creative on day three, they could go with. Uh, and then final guy is Isaiah Weston receiver out of Northern Iowa. Really good testing numbers. I know TD is a fan of his. I didn't really like, I didn't see a natural looking receiver uh, to me. He's more in that kind of racy McMath tier of, okay. of late for you guys. All right. Well, with the, with the honorable mentions out of the way, let's get into the list. We have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys here. I believe that we're going to go through the first of which I think is a really interesting one to start with, because this is a guy definitely high profile, high profile in this draft going to be uh, almost certainly a day one mover. And he's a guy that I, I, I tweeted this out yesterday. I, I've reached the point with this guy where I think if he is still there at 26th, which I don't think that he will be, but you never know. If he's there, I think it's more likely than not that the Titans take him. And he's Trevor Penning, an offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. No Flags Film, which is James, has him as the uh, 38th overall player on the draft board, a second-round pick. But the consensus draft board has him as a first-round player, 19 overall on the on the board. So you're not quite as high as the consensus uh, but what do you what do you see in Trevor Penning? And do you think I guess he's a good one to start with? Do you think that he's a maybe potential fit for the Titans? Yeah, I mean, I think the Titans would definitely jump at the opportunity to draft Trevor Penning. Uh, but I'm with you. I don't see him lasting to pick 26. He's uh, an outstanding athlete. I mean, 34, uh, 34 and one eighth inch arms, 97th percentile, 40 yard dash. Uh, 97th percentile three cone, 74th percentile 20 yard shuttle, uh, has everything that you want from an athletic profile standpoint. I just think he's really stiff. And I think that he'll struggle in pass protection at the next level. And, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, I don't really like him as a tackle, but I love him as a guard. To me, moving Trevor Penning into guard doesn't really mitigate the issues that I see with him as a tackle. Like I think he'll struggle in the same ways as a guard. Uh, so I'm a little bit lower on Trevor Penning. As far as the 38th overall player, I think when I come out with my finalized grades, he'll probably get a little bump a bit uh, higher. from where he is now. Yeah. I've early second. I, I probably view him as a late first at this point. Um, but honestly, I mean, I look back, we can look back at Spencer Brown. I believe his mm -hmm. name is Spencer Brown, yep. offensive tackle last year from Northern Iowa, drafted by Buffalo another insane combine uh, tester. Like I don't really see a ton of differences prospects between Trevor Penning and Spencer Brown. And I think hmm. Spencer Brown was, uh, I'm looking this up right now. I think he was a third round pick if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, I mean, I, so I, I think that uh, whatever team, yeah, third round pick pick 93 for Spencer Brown. I think whatever team picks Trevor Penning, I'll probably, not have like a great graph draft grade on him. Um, hmm. But I mean, the, the tape is nasty. He he's throwing dudes around. Interesting. I think this is a, a decent opportunity to briefly touch on uh, for those that may not know what you mean by this. When you say um, a guy would be better as a guard than a tackle or vice versa as a, as a draft analyst, as a scout, what do you what do you mean by that briefly? Um, what what do you see in a guy that might make you think when you're scouting 
oh, I like him better at tackle as opposed to guard? So that's a great question because that that's kind of a career solution that a lot of people just throw around for offensive linemen willy-nilly. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, an offensive lineman shows one thing that he struggles with at tackle and it's like, oh yeah, we'll move him to guard. He'll be fine. Um, it, the, the traits don't always line up like that. The biggest thing, the biggest, I would say, red flag or negative on a player's tape that would make me think they might need to move inside to guard would be a lack of arm length. Because, right. you know, if you if you look at the average arm length for offensive tackles and then guards and then centers, it starts out at like 34 inches, gets down to 33.2, and then gets down to like 32 and a half for centers. Because just the closer you get to the ball, the more constricted the space is and the less important it is to have you know these this long ass wingspan to you know flush out speed rushers and that I was about to say you you don't have a guy on either side of you so when these bendy crazy fast edge rushers right, come right. around the edge you got to be able to get a hand on them before they just run so that's right past that's you. why a guy like um Rashawn Slater last year who is yep. a damn near perfect prospect except for the fact that he has short arms that's why a lot of people uh viewed him as a guard he you know, and I mean, for good reason, like the the track record of short arm tackles in the NFL is not very good. Uh, Rashawn Slater ended up being one of those guys who's just such a fluid athlete and so good with his hands that he was able to overcome that uh, length disadvantage. Okay, I think that's a, a good clarification there. We, we're always trying to learn on this show and get everybody up to, up to snuff on their uh, amateur scouting. Another guy that you've scouted, and uh, is the next person on this list is Troy Anderson. He's an inside linebacker for Montana State, so a thousand percent on the Titans' radar, depending on who you ask. Um, he's a, a, a third, second to third round guy, depending on who you ask. Between the consensus draft board and the no flags film uh, big draft board, around sixty to seventy. What do you see out of Troy Anderson? All right, so Troy Anderson's tape looks. I mean, it looks like you're watching a high school recruits huddle at, at points. He just, <laughs> what do you mean like, by that? He just kind of looks like a, a big kid, like playing with the little cousins on Thanksgiving. Mm. You know? Okay. He's uh, so he's a former quarterback, also former running back, I believe, but he's six, three, two forty three, um, runs a four, four, two, which is 98th percentile for off ball. So this guy's just a crazy athlete, his whole crazy athlete, 97th percentile, 10 yard split, 95th percentile broad jump. Goodness. Uh, You can tell mentally just uh, sort of as a result of him being new to the linebacker position, mentally, he's kind of a step behind what's going on. But Mm. I mean, he has the, the speed where at FCS, you don't notice that. And he's just, uh, you know, hawking dudes from across the field. Like right. uh, his tape is kind of crazy, but you know, I think he'll kind of, I think he'll definitely maybe be a slow starter in the NFL as he kind of gets up to speed. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good linebackers in this class. Honestly, it's a, that's it's interesting. A, when do you know when he started playing linebacker? Uh, it might, this might be his second season. Oh, Wow. Okay, sure. so so it was a, a pretty recent move. That's that's yeah, an I mean, interesting he was, thing. Like, to he was consider. the quarterback for Montana State. Oh, so, in yeah. college. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. He he like went there as a quarterback, and so yeah, 2019. 
457 snaps and then 2021 859 snaps at linebacker so when have you ever heard of that position change like you hear guys that are cornerback and they end up getting moved to safety um you know sam darnold was the sam darnold was the opposite he was recruited as a linebacker and became a quarterback no, he he was like a linebacker recruit, and then I think USC recruited him as a quarterback. But yeah, that's that's a really that's a bizarre change, and you just have to be. I mean, those are guys that are just athletes. Um, but yeah. that's an interesting, it's an interesting thing I think from a a team's perspective, looking at a guy like that, especially at the inside linebacker position, which in most cases. He's the the quarterback of the defense. He's the one with the green dot on the helmet calling the plays for the defense, rallying guys, um, keeping keeping. You know, the, he's the field general out there on that side of the ball. Right. With with a guy like that, who you know, like you said, might be a step behind in terms of the mental aspect of the position of that side of the ball, even because he hadn't been playing defense his whole life. That's kind of an interesting thing to project, um, and it's probably a guy that is more of a project prospect, right? I mean, he's a guy that you are just banking on that athletic ability, hoping that he's got the mental ability to get up to snuff. Yeah, and I mean, we're we're going to do an episode on projects. Uh, he's a guy that I could have easily included uh, in, in the linebacker section of that episode. Mm. And uh, another guy that I think could also fit in that episode is our next guy, which is wide receiver Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Um, another, I mean, this is something that, especially when we get into the project episode, you'll just hear me say Mm -hmm. nonstop, but another crazy athlete. Um, I mean, Christian Watson is a full six foot, uh, let's see, looking up. Yeah. Full six foot four, two Oh eight, uh, four, three, six, 40 yard dash 98th percentile broad jump, 98th percentile 10 yard split. I know, uh, Brett Coleman has him as a, as a first round player, uh, he's someone whose opinion I respect, but I do disagree with that evaluation. He just uh, sort of like I was saying about Isaiah Weston to start the episode, just to a lesser degree, he just doesn't strike me as a very natural receiver. He doesn't have natural ball skills. And interesting. The the word natural, I guess I kind of use because with guys that are newer to the position, you just sort of look at like how they play the ball. Do they look like, you know, a natural fit for the position. Um, Christian Watson just doesn't really pass the eye test uh, for me in that regard. Um, I think that he has route running issues, especially in terms of stop start ability. He had 12 drops on 61 targets over the last two seasons. And then, you know, obviously the, the kind of uh, overarching issue with all of these guys that we're talking about is that they play against weak competition. And so, you know, not only are you having to try to visualize the jump from like the sec to the NFL, you're having to visualize the jump from FCS to power five to sec to NFL. So it's just a, a, a much wider kind of like leap of faith, a much, you know, bigger leap of faith that you're having to take with these guys. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's a, you know, it's a risk that somebody in the second or third round is going to have to take because he is, like you said, a freak athlete and um, it's going to be a gamble just like anything else in the draft is another guy that a team might be gambling on Zion McCollum cornerback out of Sam Houston state. Uh, You are a little bit higher on him than the consensus draft board. You have him as a third round pick 80th overall on your board. The consensus has him around 110. 
So you're you're a bit higher on this guy. What do you like in Zion McCollum? Yeah, we touched on Zion McCollum a little bit in a previous episode, comparing him to Caleb Farley. Um, my actual comp for uh, Zion McCollum is uh, Ifatu Melifonwu uh, from last year, cornerback out of, um, out of Syracuse. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, like I said, like the perfect build uh, for a corner, 6'2", solid length. He uh, tested really well in the 40, change of direction drills. He's someone that, what did you say his consensus rank was? He is 109 on the consensus board of fourth yeah, round pick. Yeah, no, he'll, he, he's not lasting to 109 in reality. I think, okay. I mean, I, I think he'll, I might be higher on him than the consensus board, but I think I'll be lower on him than the NFL because I could legitimately see him going early second round. Oh, wow. Early Just second round. Yeah, I mean, the thing with these teams is like, um, you know, sometimes it, it works out in their favor, sometimes it doesn't, but they're not betting on the player that you are right now. They're betting on the player that you could be. Yep. And like, you know, in this, this, you can extrapolate this to every single position, but like the, you know, you know, the cornerbacks coach is like, Oh, if I, let me, let me get my hands on when I get my hands on him, man. Yeah. I mean, everybody that's, that's how a guy like Carson Wentz keeps getting passed around because quarterbacks coaches around the NFL are like, Oh, he hasn't been coached. Right. Like if I, if I, you know, show him how to, run stick we can you know make it work <laughs> yeah all right the next guy we have on the list is a defensive lineman out of idaho noah ellis now he's a guy on the consensus board he's number 269 overall an undrafted free agent so this is a guy that will be a if he's drafted a flyer taken by a team on the third day what do you see in mr ellis yeah so this is a guy i said at the beginning of the episode that uh we're going to be covering guys up and down the draft board. This guy's definitely down the draft board. Um, he's, I, I have this massive Excel file with all the combine and pro day information and age and everything for like 500 something players. And I just sorted by weight and he is the second heaviest player in the draft at 346 pounds. Whoa. Uh, do you care to guess who the heaviest player in the draft is? The heaviest player in the draft. Um, it's not Evan Neal, right? Because he's lost weight, hasn't he? Or is it Evan Neal? No, Evan Neal is the seventh heaviest okay. player. Okay. It's Daniel Falele out of Minnesota offensive tackle, six what? foot eight, 384. So he's pushing um, 400 yeah, pounds. Back to Noah Ellis, though. He's, he's a weird build because you know, they, you just don't find nose tackles with his kind of size, but then he's got 32 and a quarter inch arms, which is 19th percentile. And you definitely see that lack of length be his major issue on tape. Um, you know, he's five, six, six, 40 yard dash, which is zeroth percentile for defensive linemen, uh, 10 yard split, 10 yard split is first percentile. So, yeah, I mean, he, uh, he's a guy that I would expect to go undrafted, but, you know, it could definitely serve a role. I mean, Naquan Jones went undrafted. I thought his tape at Michigan State was terrible, and uh, he was ended up being a pretty good player. Certainly turned it around, yeah. But yeah. Okay, next guy on our list. We're just zooming through here. Pierre Strong Jr. This is a guy that interests me, running back out of uh, South Dakota State University. He's a guy that you've seen probably in a, in a handful of 
Titans mock drafts. If you are perusing the internet, um, he's a guy that I, I really like as a potential late round flyer for the Titans. If they're looking to potentially bolster that running back room uh, with a draft pick, I've watched a little bit of tape on, on him. Actually, he's probably the most ran. I'm not a guy that watches a ton of tape. Unlike you, um, he's probably the most random player that I've seen tape on. But from what I've seen, I was relatively impressed, especially considering um, a guy that I had not heard of or seen before this draft process. What are your thoughts on Pierre? Yeah, I'm actually a lot higher on Pierre Strong than consensus. I have him as my third overall uh, running back. 81st. Right, you have him in the top 100 players, and, and the consensus board has him at 144. Right, yeah, he's one of he's one of five running backs that I have in the top 100 as of now. Uh, those are Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, Pierre Strong, Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati, and Damian Pierce out of Florida. But yeah, I mean, Pierre Strong is just like change of direction ability. He, you watch him, and he makes you one of a kind of give out some some reckless comps like he, he makes me want to compare him to like LaShawn McCoy or Jamal oh, Charles no no, like, nah, no, no, no 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 there's it's kind of like how another guy um uh Sky Moore out of Western Michigan like I see a lot of Antonio Brown when I watch him but you can't right. like compare and I've heard that Antonio it's Brown you can comp the, the traits but you got to be very careful not to comp the player Right. And I don't, like, I don't even comp based on quality of player, but there's still someone, some guys that you can't touch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, But yeah, I mean, Pierre Strong, like, I think he's another one of these small school guys that dominated weak competition, but then they went and tested well, um, you know, tested well enough to make you confident that the dominance you see on tape can carry over, uh, you know, he ran a four three seven forty yard dash. I I think a lot of these forty yard dash times are kind of juiced because of the track that they were running on. But if you adjust that and assume like a four four four, you know, you don't really anything lower than four five for running back. There's a kind of a point of diminishing returns. Um, you know, pretty solid three cone, nice broad jump. So yeah, I mean, I think that. I think in a pretty weak running back class, Pierre Strong is one of the few that gets me excited. Okay. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, of his as well, based on what I've seen. And if you're right, uh, being higher on him, I guess if the league is as high on him as, as you are as compared to the consensus draft board, he's a guy that could be gone on day two. Um, another guy that, well, you you think Mike could be gone on day two, but the consensus, this is this is an interesting one. I have, there's a lot of things to to cover here. Cordell Volson, right? He's an offensive tackle, according to, I guess, the internet consensus from North Dakota State University. You have him listed in your draft guide as an interior offensive lineman. So I want you to address that first here in a minute. But on the consensus board, he's a sixth round pick uh, at number 200 overall, although the peak is 100 overall. So a dramatic uh, disagreement by all of the different mocks and big boards that are, are plugged into the consensus big board um, algorithm, I guess. It combines all of these mocks, combines all of these big boards from, from notable draft analysts, and the, the consensus here is all over the place. You are contributing to that. Um, you have him as a third-round player, number 85 overall. So why are you so much higher on him, and why do you think that he's an interior offensive lineman, I'm guessing guard, as opposed to a tackle? Yeah, so he uh, 
he played tackle for North Dakota State, but he mo- really moved around the offensive line a lot, almost like sometimes from snap to snap. It's hard to tell just from watching the coaches film. Like sometimes you don't know if a guy got injured or if a guy got pulled or benched or whatever, but like, you know, he'll be lining up at guard for three plays, tackle for five plays. Um, I don't really think that he has quick enough feet to play tackle and, and be a very good pass protector. But when you talk about just like dominant tape, dominant blocking tape where you're constantly um, just like drilling dudes into the ground, uh, that's something that you see with Trevor Penning, Tyler Smith, Iki Aquanu. You see it at, at just a high rate with Cordell Volson. Obviously, you know, he's doing it against a low level of competition, but I don't know. I mean, Trevor Penning has the athletic traits, obviously, but there's not a ton that really separates Cordell Volson from Trevor Penning to me. Wow. That's, that's a really surprising thing to say that um, it's interesting that, that you, that you see them as similar players. And if you're right about that, I mean, what a steal a team could have in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, if he is going to fall. Um, but, but that's an interesting uh, comparison in, in interdraft comparison between Volson and Penning. The last guy on our list of small school players is Cole strange. Now this is a guy we're finishing up the list with a guy that, Titans fans have almost certainly heard about, especially if you're familiar with a lot of Titans media mock drafts of late. He's a guy that a lot of guys are high on. I know that you're relatively high on him. I know that Justin Mello is pretty high on him as well. Um, He's a guy, sorry, UTC uh, from University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, a guard consensus. Big board has him at third round draft pick 89 overall. Uh, where I, I'm struggling to find it. Where do you have him on your draft board? Uh, so I actually don't have a grade on Cole strange. Oh, okay. Um, he's another guy that, you know, a lot with these FCS schools, it's, it's tough to get all 22 tape on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have watched a couple games and seen him at the senior bowl. So even if I'm not doing a grade on Cole strange, I think I can sort of like give some insight and evaluation. Absolutely. Um, He's kind of like that, the prototypical guard, um, just build and traits combination for a zone blocking scheme like Tennessee's. So he's definitely someone that I uh, could see them having a lot of interest in. I was pretty underwhelmed by his hand usage. Um, I, I thought that he had some pretty rough reps at the senior bowl. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's a guy that I just wanted to touch on obviously because of the Tennessee connection, but, uh, you know, my, my threshold is, is three games before I, I feel, uh, like I can give a declarative evaluation of a player. So I'll just leave it at that with cool strange. Okay. Well, we'll leave the episode at that because that is the end of our list of small school players that we've covered today. We, we covered eight. Hopefully those are all, all guys that, um, I guess you'll see go on draft day and you can you can do the you can do the Leonardo DiCaprio point to the TV and and say, hey, I know that guy. Um, That's going to do it for us today. We've got more content coming later this week. And by later this week, I mean tomorrow on Thursday, we've got Justin Mello um, joining us, a guest of the show. He's with the Draft Network. He is here with Broadway Sports Media. 
uh, along with a handful of other outlets, I believe. But he's a great draft analyst, great scout, great. He puts uh, out like four articles a day. He does. Yeah. He he's interviewed every single player you've ever heard of in your entire life. Uh, he's he's a grinder, and we can't wait to talk to him. Um, we're I'm gonna be we're gonna be recording that tomorrow, but I'm already excited and have a lot of notes written down. Who knows how long that episode will go? Certainly not long enough to get in everything that I want to ask him, but that's gonna be great. So don't miss that one on Thursday. And then we've got a mail mailbag episode coming later this week. We've already sent out the all call on Twitter for mailbag questions. If you missed that, go back in either of our Twitter feeds or the show Twitter feed at Easton Freeze, at No Flags Film, at the Titans 10 BCM. Any of those three feeds, there is a tweet uh, calling for mailbag questions. Feel free to reply to that tweet with anything you've got, football or otherwise. Or send any of us, either of us, DMs, uh, and we'll be happy to answer those questions. But there's a way, if you want to be sure that your question is answered, that you can ask your question. What is that way, James? That way is leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Tell us how great we are. Um, Give Easton as much constructive criticism as you think that he deserves. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Listen, Feedback is a gift, and we will take it as long as it's in the form of five stars. And we will answer your question if you answer or if you ask it as a five-star review. So uh, if you want a guaranteed answer, go on over right now. You're probably on your phone right now. Just scroll up to the top of the show, bottom of the show, wherever the reviews are. Leave a five-star review. Ask a question. Guaranteed to be answered. Top of the list. Until then, until tomorrow's episode with Justin Mello. Again, don't miss it. I'm Easton Freeze for James Foster. This has been the Titans Den. 